And again, good morning. Uh, how's the pandemic going for all of you? <laughs> uh, what are some of the things that you miss the most after a couple of months into the lockdown here? And, and I wonder what are some of the lessons that you have learned in uh, recent weeks. It, it seems that our, our children, our grandchildren have much to teach us. Our Corona kids and baby Zoomers have shared some wonderful insights along the way. Here are some examples. Uh, some of them have talked about school. Uh, Sam said, I have learned that two hours of homeschool is way worse than eight hours of regular school. Amen? Parents might add a loud amen to that as well. After one lesson, Devin said, uh, Dad, please throw away your madness. Mm. Other comments are about family dynamics. Uh, Kate said, Mommy, after that Zoom call, can we, can we have a hug hug? Evelyn 5 said, You know, Mommy put on makeup and a dress today just to pretend like she was going somewhere. Jack, five years old, said, <laughs> Dad, it's called Lion King, not Tiger King. <laughs> and he said, Dad, I love Lion King, so I'm going to stay up and watch Lion King with you. Reed, three years old, maybe put it really well for all, a lot of people. Reed simply said, I think Mama needs a nap. <laughs> amen and amen. And some of our children's insights are just sweet and tender and, and loving. Maddie, 10 years old, said this, It seems like things are falling apart, no school, stuck at home, all this other stuff, but, but the sun is out. And we've been going, going for walks together. Is there no better time than this? And Harper, four years old, I love this, Harper said, Mom and Dad, after the germs are gone, I still don't want to go anywhere. I want to be with you forever. That kind of gets to the heart of today's message, I think. We're nearing the end of the Easter season. We've been trying to recognize signs of new life and resurrection. We've looked for new life even in our tears, in, in God's creation in our doubts in the shepherd's voice and in God's house and today we'll think about how following Jesus's commandment to love as he loves brings new life into this world as I mentioned last week whenever we need some reassurance a lot of a lot of God's people go to the 14th chapter of the gospel of John we looked at, looked at part of it last week, we'll look at another part this week, but the first part of the chapter, I think, has an emphasis on the future. Jesus says that there are many dwelling places in the home of God, and he promises to prepare a place for all of us. Great words. But I think the last part of the chapter uh, has an emphasis on the present. Jesus offers comfort right now, right now, for troubled or broken hearts. And he says we're not just to be recipients of this gift, we are to be givers. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And evidence of love, he says, is linked very tightly and closely to obedience and service. He speaks of ways that, that he and we can offer life and hope to others around us. 
For instance, we find life in being loved and in loving. Jesus shows his love for God by being obedient, and it is, it is by our obedience that, that we show our love as well. Love, as we know, is a verb. Uh, love without actions is dead, as we think about uh, the 1 Corinthians 13, the noisy gong, clanging cymbal image. And uh, as we live out our love, we become more aware of God's love for us as we become channels for that in this world. One pastor tells about a woman in his congregation. She confessed to him that for too many years she had been angry and sarcastic and envious and cynical about life and just plain mean. You know anybody like that? She stopped praying. She blamed God for her lousy life. And then, (laughs) surprisingly, out of the blue, love broke through that bitterness. A, A gentleman took an interest in her, and they eventually fell in love and got married. She became transformed and radiant and filled with love and light and laughter. And she confessed to her pastor, you know, I really regret all those years of despondency and and bitterness if I had only known how things were going to roll out and turn out. I think her story illustrates the transforming power of being in any kind of relationship where love is given and received. Someone said there are 10 steps, 10 steps to get over the blues. The first step is to love and help somebody else. Next, repeat step one nine more times. Amen? Uh, The concept there is is at the heart of all of the commandments. Love God, neighbor, and self, as Stephen so beautifully shared this morning in the children's moment. We find new life in loving and being loved. I think we also find it in hearing and sharing the truth. God says uh, through Jesus, you know, you'll receive an advocate to be with you forever, which is the spirit of what? The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Someone noted uh, years ago that this teaching seems to fly in the face of way too many people uh, in the ways that they perceive faith. Uh, there are some who think that Christians are people who will not face facts, who, who live in denial, who live with unreal hopes and dreams. Is truth, though, to be defined by simply what we can see and hear and taste and smell and touch? Or, or does God help us and enable us to see things that other people do not see? To identify Places where truth needs to be spoken so that justice can be lived out. One person put it this way. The point of Jesus' saying is this. We can only see what we are fitted and equipped to see. You know, an an astronomer will see far more in in the night sky than most people are able to see. A botanist will see far more in a garden than most folks can come close to understanding. Someone who understands very little about music will uh, not get much out of a symphony after listening to what has been played. And so what we see depends on what we've 
experienced. And so a person who has eliminated or ruled out the presence of an active God living in our lives just doesn't listen for God's voice, doesn't recognize God's presence. So I think we can find comfort in knowing that the spirit of truth can enable us to see God in life more clearly. I think that's really important right now as Rob eloquently uh, described in his prayer this morning. Some folks will look at the pandemic and the endless wars and the scandals and the politics and the scientists who've been silenced and the data that's been denied and the leaders who are lying and all these endless problems and they'll cry out, you know, where is God in all this? And yet people of faith, people who are tuned in, will see workers on the front lines, mediators who keep bringing leaders back to the table, reformers who are trying to bring about important change and justice counselors who are bringing healing in the midst of difficult times and with those eyes they cry out to others there there is God there's God and we as God's people get the privilege and pleasure of of pointing others to see those signs And, and what a joy that is I think we also find new life in the ministry of presence. One of my favorite lines in the whole Bible is this one. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will not, I will not leave you orphaned. You will not be alone. Your, your Bible might say desolate or comfortless or, or helpless. But Jesus says, I'm coming to you. I'm in God and you're in me and I'm in you. We're we're connected. In verse 23, later on, he says an amazing thing. Those who love me will keep my word and God and I will make our home in you. And the word home is the same word as abiding place back in verse 2 that we heard last week. In other words, we not only have a future home with God, God comes to us in the present right now to make a home in our hearts. You know, think about it for a moment. You know, what what does your spirit really crave? For what do you long? What do you really need? You know, as human beings, I think, you know, we long for intimacy and love, and trust, and peace, and and respect, and belonging, community, identity, safety, security, hope, lots of longings in our human hearts. And Jesus speaks to the disciples and our most basic fears and insecurities when he shares these words. And again, we get the privilege of bringing those life-giving words to others as we are present with them. Well-respected counselor Wade Rowett uh, affirms these ideas. He wrote a nice article in, in the paper recently, but he says, you know, as the anxiety builds during the pandemic, people wonder what to believe. And, and, and they're looking for ways to cope. He suggests a number of things. For instance, look for someone to help. 
you know, reach out to a family member or friend or neighbor in need and offer to buy groceries or bring uh, medications to them. Remember those with little or no emotional reserves and make a sacrifice. Share your loaves and fishes. Look out for others and help them decrease their worries. He recommends forming new relationships, which seems kind of odd in, in a lockdown phase, doesn't it? But he says we can find new friends during this worldwide menace. Suffering. Suffering together can bond us at a profound and deep level. And so welcome other people into your circle, whether that's physically or virtually at this point. He also encourages us to practice our faith. He says, follow the habits and practices of your faith tradition because stress, stress can rock you. Stress can raise new questions about the world and God and, and how the world works, especially for our little ones, our children, and our young people. He says, doubts can be a hole through which faith seeps away or it can be a window through which new light shines. And so listen and imagine with your family members and friends, you know, where do we turn when all else, else fails? Uh, you know, he, sa he says we turn to God, we lean into our faith and hope and love, and he, he, he prays for all of us. May we all find peace in this new storm. And so I invite you all to look for stories and examples of love in action. You know, it's so easy to get bogged down with bad and fake news, but God, God is working in and through countless people who are selflessly serving and giving and loving. People are stepping up, not just here at church, but in the community and in our country and beyond, and the stories are amazing and inspiring. A local journalist asked for people to share positive stories in the midst of p the pandemic, and it didn't take long for the stories to just come pouring in. One person said, if any senior citizens need someone to pick up groceries or meds, I am here. I'm willing to help. Another said, if you need someone to watch your kids so you don't go crazy, <laughs> I'll come by. I'll help in any way. Just I'll be glad to give a few hours. Family Scholar House put out a plea on Facebook for diapers of the babies of single parents that they serve. In less than 24 hours, the community came through. Folks at Family Scholar House said, we received 1,200 diapers and our 117 diaper-wearing children will have dry, grateful little bottoms because of you. Thanks be to God. <laughs> but they said thank you. Like so many other helping agencies in town and across the country. Right? They said thank you for hearing our call, responding with love and support, and reminding us that we are all in this together. During this time of fear and uncertainty, when many are hunkered down, we've got to offer up a helping hand. You know, this is when our compassionate community really comes alive. Yes, it is a pandemic, but we are finding gifts of kindness, acts of generosity uh, from our neighbors and friends and strangers and merchants and, and folks uh, all over the place. You know, 
when there is fear and uncertainty, we must stick together. He said, let's face it, we could all use some good news. And friends, today, today we have heard not just good news, but great news. Great news. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will never leave you alone or desolate or orphan. Because I live, you will live also. God and I will come to you and will make our home with you. God and Jesus and the Spirit, you and I, all of us, are in this together. And so this morning we proclaim, thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks be to God for these good and gracious gifts. Amen.